Hey there, and welcome to the Grace Over Guilt podcast, the show that aims to empower and enlighten you on your journey to a healthier relationship with food and your body. I'm your host, Jenna Corsi. I'm a registered dietitian and intuitive eating counselor. Throughout these episodes, we'll dive deep into the world of intuitive eating, self-compassion, and sustainable health practices. You'll discover how to listen to your body's needs, ditch the all or nothing thinking, and make peace with food. This podcast is a safe space for growth and healing. Leave it to me to provide you with inspiration, motivation, and practical tips to nourish your body and mind. Get ready to let go of guilt and embrace grace as you transform your approach to food and live out a more fulfilling, balanced, and joyful life. I know we are going to have so much fun together, so thank you so much for pushing play today, and now let's begin. All right, welcome back to the Grace Over Guilt podcast. I am so happy that you are listening right now. I have an amazing guest. I am here with Jess Fry. She is a licensed professional counselor in the state of Pennsylvania, a certified intuitive eating counselor and body image coach. She is passionate about helping others heal their relationship with food and improve their body image. Welcome to the show, Jess. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yay, I'm so happy. Yeah, we've been following each other. I feel like all my guests, I'm like, we've been following each other for the past couple of years. <laughs> and, um, I love your content and everything that you put out. It is so good. So thank you for that. Thank uh, you. Yeah, it's so great. Um, so tell us a little bit about yourself, how you got into this space, how long you've been a um, counselor for. So yeah, tell us a little bit more. Okay. So I have been practicing as a licensed therapist. Um, oh my gosh. 10 years, nine, 10 years. Oh, wow. Um, and through all of my training, my education, body image and disordered eating, things like that were never part of what I was taught, which still to this yep. day upsets me. I stumbled upon this work when I was with a, cl- a younger client and she was struggling with some body image issues and it was the first time it was ever brought up in any sessions and I had no idea how to handle it didn't know what to do and so I started to do some research and as we were assessing what she was struggling with what her si- her symptoms were I was noticing for myself like oh my gosh <laughs> I'm checking all of these boxes too wow yeah and a lot of those things were, are just so normalized. They're things that so many of us ex- experience in this world that even as a licensed professional, I had no idea they were harmful. And so I jumped into my own healing process and wanted to do what I could to create a that middle ground for people who are struggling in this area. Mm-hmm. Um through my work with her, I recognized that she was able to either work with me, where I had very little understanding of this topic, mm. or she could go into like an inpatient unit. And she was just, you know, she did her uh, her assessments through that team and was determined to be, quote unquote, not sick enough. And so mm. I was recognizing there is no middle ground. Like it's very infrequent that you can find someone who can help somebody not get to the point of being quote unquote sick enough. And so that is where my career in this area 
kicked off. And then I stumbled upon intuitive eating and became certified and did my own healing work. Um, It took a few years for that. And then it's become my complete and utter passion uh, and my whole entire career. Yeah. Oh, I love that. And I like how, you know, one person kind of shifted all that for you and that allowed you to help more clients based on like what she was struggling with. And like, that was kind of a a catalyst for you and a catalyst for you to, you know, work on your own, your own, your own stuff, you know, um, how is it? Right. Right. So how was that? How was your journey with that? Um, I think that I had an advantage just having, you know, the training and skills of being a licensed professional. Um, And I worked with my own therapist at the time, and I had an amazing support group. One of my closest friends, still one of my closest friends today, was also going through treatment of learning how to be an intuitive eater, uh, healing her own body image at the same time. And so she and I were learning a lot from one another. And I feel like I was able to kind of jump right in feet first. And it also helped that it kind of overlapped with the beginning of the pandemic. And so I had a lot of extra time to like really dive in. Um, And so, you know, I I watched some of my own clients struggle uh, and I didn't experience too much of a struggle. I think I was so um, fortunate to have such a strong support system and the skills already that I kind of just had to transfer them to this area of my life. Um, but I certainly wouldn't say it was all rainbows and butterflies. Like it's still the healing process in and of itself is difficult, which is why a lot of people are scared to start. So it was probably a little bit smoother than most people's journeys, but certainly had its roadblocks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. It is not easy, but it's so worth it. I mean, what would you kind of speaking to that? What would you say to someone if they're like, you know, they're listening to the podcast or they're following us on online and they're like, yeah, that sounds great to like love your body or care for your body, respect your body. But I just, I don't know. I feel like I have to lose weight. I feel like I have to like do something else in order to love and love. It may not be love, like whatever it is, but um, love my body. What would you say to that person? That's like a little timid to, to get that process started. Yeah. Um, it's wow. That's such a good question. (laughs) Um, I think my cop-out answer is obviously every person is different. And so I think I would approach it differently with different people, but for a general statement, I was in a space at one point where I didn't think that it was worth all of the work, all of the unpacking, all of the essentially like reparenting and retraining your brain. I didn't, it was hard. Like that's a lot of undoing and relearning and it often feels so lonely. And when you are quite literally going up this huge mountain and against so many societal messages, it feels so isolating. Mm. So if you can find community or a support group that whether or not they're also in it, if as long as they can support you in 
your journey, it can feel so much easier to do so. And I had to remind myself so many times through my journey that while it was difficult and while climbing up that hill wasn't a walk in the park, neither was the plethora of other things I was doing to try to maintain what society considers to be ideal. It wasn't easy for me to skip meals or obsess over everything I was eating. It wasn't easy for me to overexercise or to obsess over every inch of my body. Those things also weren't easy. Those things came with much more distress. And so now that I feel like I'm on the other side, which is still a journey in and of itself, it is not like I have reached yeah. <laughs> you know, the end point. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it is such a different way of living that has given me so much more time and energy and space to just be and to be who I am, which I, I, it's really hard to describe until you've given yourself the opportunity to experience it. But totally. it is more than worth that struggle. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. It's like, you have to go through a little, you know, you're struggling right now, but you have to go through a little bit more struggle in order to alleviate all of the struggle. That sounds so silly, but like all of it, you'll alleviate all of it. That doesn't mean there won't be bumps in the road as you're kind of on that other side, but it's so worth it so that you're not stressing over food. You're not obsessing over your body. You're feeling so content with how you are and who you are, you know? Um, yeah. So, so. Yeah. Um, I love it. Thank you for sharing that. I feel like that was really good insight. Um, so I know you said that that client before she had some things that you noticed that you had too. So what are some common traits or things that a person who struggles with body image may have, whether that's their habits or maybe they have anxiety or maybe that, you know, whatever it is, what are some common things that maybe you've noticed over the years? I like to touch on some of the things that came up for me in that assessment period of going through with this client, because they were the ones that really sparked interest for me of, whoa, what the hell is going on here? Um, And some of them that I remember are, you know, covering up, like when you sit on a couch or you're sitting around people, you cover your stomach or you hide part of your body with like a pillow. Or even if you're not cold, you put on a jacket or you wear a cardigan um, or you're covering up more of your body than is necessary. Some other things uh, that startled me in the assessment were like, when you take a photo with you and other people, you ask to look at it and you immediately zoom in on just yourself and you critique every little part of you. And Mm. you are more often than not very dissatisfied with that photo. And you ask for it to be taken multiple times. Um, struggling with either looking in the mirror where you just don't want to look at all, or you're looking so frequently that it's almost an obsession. Um, Struggling to decide what to wear day to day. So 
everything or the majority of things might fit that are in your closet, but you might try on 10 to 15 things before you walk out with something that feels decent enough. And while going through that process of ripping something off and throwing it on the floor and trying the next thing, there's a lot of this negative self-talk of how you feel gross or how things don't fit right or how you have nothing to wear and all of these things that are so normalized in our society. And, you know, the more I do this work, the more often I see how we're exposed to that kind of commonality. Like we see that in movies. We see that amongst our friends. We see that in our family members. And so it gets passed on as something that, you know, we all do it. So it's totally normal. Mm -hmm. And I thought those things were okay. And I also, to another extent, thought that they were healthy, you know, being obsessed with what I'm putting into my body and being overly aware of how frequently I'm working out and what number is on the scale and what numbers tag on my clothes. I thought that those obsessions were to keep me healthy, but in fact, it was really hurting my mental health and my physical health at the same time. So, so many common things in the list is very, very long. That's just a little snippet of it. But if those resonate with you, know that you're not in any way, shape or form alone. Mm -hmm. And even though those things are common, it doesn't make them healthy or normal. Yes. Oh, that's such a good point. Because yeah, because your friends are talking about it, that doesn't mean that it's okay or supportive for you. And you may have, I feel like clients like kind of have this innate a sense of, okay, this actually doesn't feel good, right? I know deep down it doesn't feel good, but everyone else is telling me I should be doing this. Everyone else is doing this, you know? So I think if you can, yeah, find, find maybe new support or different support or work with, you know, us, therapist, dietitian, to help alleviate a lot of the stress that you're putting on yourself, because stress on the body is normal when we add a ton of it through the thought patterns we have, through the behaviors that we have, that's not impacting our health in a positive way. It's really impacting it in a negative way. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Beautifully said. I love that. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. And so if someone is, you know, they're like, geez, you just spoke to me, Jess, like you just said all the things that I do. What would you say to them? Or I know we can't like this podcast isn't going to drastically transform someone's relationship with their body, but what are some things that maybe they can begin with? You know, what are some starting points for them so that they can start this process? They're like, okay, yeah, you guys spoke to me and now I kind of want to, you know, change things up. Yeah. I, I often hear people say that they just want to dive in or like jump in feet first. And while that might be a co- a, another common idea, uh, it is such a, a gradual journey. Um, and so I always tell people to start with grace and compassion um, as well as patience for yourself. So if we really think about where these commonalities come from and where these societal ideas stem from. We are not born thinking this way. We're not born 
being upset with our image. We're not born into those ideas. We're taught to have them. We're conditioned to have them. And so if you start to approach the world with a new set of lenses and you look at what exists in our world to teach us that Mm. and you gain the perspective of wow this isn't a me thing like I didn't do this to myself this isn't a me problem this isn't my body that's a problem society is teaching me to feel like I am the problem and so even walking through a target for example, um, or your favorite store, if you use that new set of lenses and you just start to notice how many products exist that are day-to-day products that are telling us either directly or indirectly that we need to change or cover up or tighten or hide or smooth or tone ourselves, those are part of the problem. And if you start to watch movies or any form of media with that new set of lenses, even the news, if you start to watch or listen and you can recognize, wow, like we are quite literally taught every single day from every single angle to be upset with ourselves, to hate our appearance so that we can buy products that lie to us and tell us that we're going to quote unquote fix and look better when there aren't anything there's nothing wrong with us to begin with Mm -hmm. so I like to start there and I think that that building awareness is such a an important foundation because if you go in feet first and you're like okay how do I fix it like how do I heal I just want to like get to a better place without recognizing why you're in this place to begin with Mm -hmm. It makes the journey a lot harder and you often find yourself continuing to blame you and going back to your body is the problem or I just need to drop X number of pounds before I can get to a place of liking my appearance or whatever the case might be. And that is just not going to be the most helpful way of approaching it. Yeah. Absolutely. Ooh, I love that you said this. And I love that you brought in, because we talk about diet culture all the time and, you know, pushing diets, but it's also those other things. Yeah. Walking around Target and looking at the, you know, cellulite cream or I don't know, something like that, or um, the the sizing of uh, clothing. And I think Target's getting a little bit better, but um, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Places are getting a little bit better, but also they need to just like we still have do, a long way to go. Yeah, we still have a lot. Yeah, there we go. Perfect. <laughs> They're like aware of it, but not fully. Yeah. Um, but things like that where it's just like sizing and being inclusive with sizing and then body creams and all of that. I'm so glad you mentioned that because a lot of times I feel like I even focus on diet culture with my clients. Oh, the diets that you see on the TV, on wherever, um, they're contributing to how you're feeling. But I think the other products too and clothing, whatnot, those are also contributing to kind of you feeling this way or feeling like you have to change your body in order to be accepted. When in reality, this is literally a marketing and money-making scheme. Yes. 
and we've all been duped. <laughs> like we've yes. all been fooled by it. Yep. Totally. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even now I'm like, wait a second. Like, let me wait. That's not okay. <laughs> I like catch it. I'm like, that doesn't seem, no, no, yeah. it's not okay. Um, yeah. I'm just really glad you mentioned that. Cause that's an important thing. So awareness. So first starting with awareness and mm-hmm. knowing that you are not the problem. The problem is around you because when you were four years old, you weren't thinking about unless you had influences. And I really pray that, you know, people don't have those influences at four years old that like your body is wrong or your body shouldn't look like that. But at four years old, you're just like living. You're just cruising. You don't, you're in your body, but you're not like obsessed about, obsessed and thinking about your body. So yes. And, and with that, building awareness, also building awareness of body diversity. So we, again, are conditioned to believe that there is one quote unquote ideal body to aim for. And not all of us are genetically meant to be in that ideal size. And not to mention, I could go on for another hour about this, (laughs) that ideal changes constantly. And it used to change decade by decade. And now with the level of access we have to media and all the forms that we are consuming day to day, that time frame gets shorter and shorter. And it's similar to fast fashion. Our bodies are becoming trendy and we are changing that ideal so frequently that it's so hard and impossible to keep up with. So I, there's a there's a terminology for this concept, and if you remember it as I explain, please let me know because I can't think of it right now. Yeah. But as you know, the high majority of us we look at dogs, and we can we can understand that a Chihuahua is not supposed to be the same body type as a German Shepherd, yeah. and we understand that it would be impossible for a Mastiff to look like a poodle. It'd be really effed up if that were the case. And we can understand that commonly, but we can't, it's so difficult for people to transfer that, copy and paste it and think about it for the human race. Mm. Those are different breeds of dogs. We are all different breeds of human. Like we come from different family trees, different backgrounds. We have different environments. We have different experiences, different access and so we are meant to look different i think we've come to a place not all of us but we've come to a place in 2023 where we can recognize generally speaking that we are meant to be diverse in other areas we're meant to be different skin tones we're meant to have different hair color different hair type different eye color different heights different things But for whatever reason, Mm. probably back to that conditioning, so many of us struggle to understand that bodies are also meant to be different. And so when you can accept that your body is on that spectrum and your body is meant to be the shape that it is, the size that it is, the weight that it is, Mm. that is such a beautiful way of making peace with this is who I am and I don't have to, you know, overwork myself or stress myself out or 
work this hard to try to be something I'm not not meant to be. But yeah. that also comes with so much work yeah. and healing and reconditioning. So mm-hmm. that's a process in and of itself. Yeah. The unlearning and relearning and going through that. And that's, yeah, doing that with food, doing that with body, all of it. And it's, it's a process, like you said. Such a process. And knowing that it's not, we, I, you probably use this too. It's not a linear line. We're not going trending all the way up. We're going to hit some bumps and turns and swirls. I don't know. It's all- exactly. <laughs> all leading toward the same point. Yes. It's just not going to be a straight line. Yeah. That's so good. So good. I love that. And I think what I want to touch on next and something that has impacted me the past year or so was some weight gain. I gained some weight the past year. I did go through a lot of grief losing my dad. And Mm -hmm. um, so I can, I feel like it's related to that, but I don't have to be, you know, something that I've been working through is like, I don't have to be like, oh, I gained weight because of that. And that's why to give myself that like validation and assurance that like, oh, everything's fine because, you know, that's the reason why. Right. It just can happen. You know, it can, it just, our bodies evolve. So I would love to talk about people, right? So it's like feeling comfortable in your body as it is, but how about when it changes and when you notice some of those changes, maybe you're working towards that healthier relationship with food and you're adding more foods in and you're noticing your body changing, but you're like, no, it's not supposed to change. I'm I'm supposed to add these foods in and my body's supposed to stay the same, (laughs) you know? Um, I would love to chat about that a little bit. Yeah. What a common thing that comes up for so many clients. Um, Yeah. So often I hear, especially when people are at the beginning stages of, of this work that, you know, if I just lose X amount of weight, then I'll be ready to start making peace with my body. Yeah. And there are so many levels of uh, inconsistencies and, and unhelpfulness around that idea. Uh, one is that being in a smaller body doesn't equal being happy in your body. Two, if that is your goal, then the healing work is surrounding being okay with that one version of yourself. Mm. And so you, we miss the spectrum of everything else. You could, hell, you could trip and fall and break your leg and then your body is different. Mm. And if you've only made peace with that one version of yourself, it's really hard to transfer that over to when it changes. You could lose weight, you could gain weight, you could do all of these things. You could, um, your hair color could start to go gray. Like there are so many changes that are meant to happen throughout our lifespan that if you focus solely on coming to terms with one point of that spectrum, you're missing all the other possibilities. So, A lot of people also assume, and I teach having realistic expectations in this work because we think we look at, you know, creators online and, and we see, oh, they look so happy and like, Mm. I want to get there. I want to have that. I want to, I want to just walk outside 
showing my arms and my legs and be happy with myself. I, I just love what you said that you like, essentially you can't control those things, right? Like gray hair. I mean, right. sure. You could dye your hair. Okay. Which sure. is very common in our culture, but like things, those other things, you can't control them. Like your body weight. Yeah. Okay. Yes, you can control them, but it would most likely be in an unhealthy way and not unsustainable. Unsustainable. Exactly. Yeah. Unsustainable. So, yeah. yeah. That where I was going, that train left, but if it comes back, I'll, I'll we'll go back to it. But um, what I tell people is if you have a realistic expectation of what this looks like, it's not all rainbows and butterflies. And we have to really come to terms with the fact that like, this is hard work with the unrealistic expectation. People assume that the people who are quote unquote on the other side of this work, they wake up every day and they love what they see. They mm -hmm. wake up every day and they're like, oh my God, I look amazing today. That is not the reality. That's not what is supposed to happen. That's not what we want to happen. That's not what will happen. The realistic piece is that we've taken attraction. We've taken appearance. We've taken being in love with ourselves in the way of like being hot or being snatched or being whatever out of the equation entirely. Yeah. That's not what this work is about. And it's confusing when we think about like making peace with your body is loving what you look like all of the time. No, it's recognizing that our bodies are worthy of love and respect and care and rest and joy and all of those things regardless of what we look like. So if we can understand that our body is meant to change, because if you think about it, if that weren't the case, we would all be the same size that we were on the day we were born. Yeah. That'd be really hard to function and get around, right? Right. Oh my God, <laughs> I love hopeless. that. I've never thought about that, but I love that so much. Like, <laughs> duh, <just> right? <laughs> so without that evolving, like we have to grow, we have to evolve, we have to change. And when we can come to terms with that, that in that evolving, sometimes that means we will gain weight. Sometimes that means we'll lose weight. Sometimes that means we'll stay the same. We are all made to be different. And when you can accept that that is the expectation, we come to peace with that. There's nothing wrong with those changes. That is just what happens. That is called being human. And so when you can really reframe for yourself, this is not about appearance. This is not about prioritizing or valuing being attractive and, and being the hottest quote unquote version of yourself, which is what society tells us to aim for. It's being at peace with who you are and the body you were given for this point of your life and like giving yourself respect throughout. Yeah. Oh, that was so good. Snaps. I'm like, I want to clap. I want to. Yeah, that yes. was so good. And I think that is such an important piece that a lot of people miss is the expectations. Like you're having expectations to love your body all the time. That's, that's just, I don't love my body all the time. Do I try and show up and care for it and, and show it respect? Yeah. I'm, that's what I work towards. I don't work towards oh my gosh, I'm like in love with my body. Like, but I've had clients who, one of my clients recently, she was just like, yeah, like I, she was in tears or like tearing up. And she was like, 
I can say that I love my body. And, but, and she like said that, and then she was like, and that's not every day. Right. So she's like, I love my body and not every single day I'm having these amazing thoughts about my body, but it, it's not where it was right. The level it's like, it's, you know, she's feeling neutral, respect, care, and it kind of goes up, but it doesn't maybe, you know, occasionally she'll have a, you know, bad body image day, but it's not going down. It's kind of staying, you know, at a, at a certain level. Does that make sense? I don't know. Beautiful growth. Yeah. Isn't that so cool? I like to challenge people even with their language, with the word love too, because when we think about love for other people, we can say it in a, we use it in a different way. Yes. When we're talking about our bodies and we say, oh, I love my body, but not every day. It doesn't transfer over to the way that we love other people Mm. because we're not talking about, oh, I love my mom because today I thought her body was worthy. Or I love my husband because today I was attracted to him. Right. No, we love them because we love them and who they are and how we feel when we're in their presence. I challenge people to use the word love in the same way because Mm. you can still show up and love your body every single day and not be attracted to it. Mm. But if we're taking attraction out of the equation, that doesn't matter. It doesn't have to waver. You can still love yourself. You can still love your body and neutrally show up and say, "Hmm, not loving how I'm looking today, but I know that that no longer matters. That is so good. And that is speaking to me and it's speaking to a lot of people who are listening right now. And it's something I've had to challenge myself on too, because it, it, for, you know, I think so many people in this space, even uh, educators and and experts use that word interchangeably or or use it in that way of like, you don't have to love your body every day, but it's never sat right with me because I'm like, why? (laughs) Isn't that the goal is to love ourselves every day, no matter what? So if we really think about like, you can still love yourself and not be attracted to yourself, which is really what's happening. Right. Thank you for saying that because I've definitely said that. Like, you're not going to love your body, right? (laughs) But I love how you, it's, it's your definition of love or how you view it, right? So, or how you use that word. So now I feel like I want to use that word more and like kind of be like, yes, I do love my body. Do I, do I feel super attracted? Like you said, like, am I like loving my appearance right now? But no, I love, I love my body because it's who I am and it's not attached to like physical appearance. That's so good. That's so good. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. That was, that was a a golden nugget. As they say, do people say that? Is that a thing? I don't know. The golden, golden thing. So good. Um, yeah. So, okay. So we talked about, yeah, a changing body and how to kind of work through that. Let's talk about self-esteem and how that relates to body image, because that's kind of like a worthiness and self-esteem. Those are kind of, you know, very much related and a foundation of body image. Um, what have you seen with clients? How do you work through this with clients? You know, you can you know share as much as you would like with that, but love to hear your thoughts. Worthy is one of my favorite words. Mm. And it's, 
very much tied to my own personal journey through this where somebody asked me once like what they what I wish I would have been told when I was 16 and without hesitating my answer was you are worthy and if we go back to why we are conditioned where these messaging uh, where this messaging comes from and how frequently we're exposed to it in no way, shape, or form are we told that we're worthy just the way we are. We're yeah. constantly told we need to be better. We need to be stronger. We need to be leaner. We need to be whatever. And so we're not hearing that. So it makes sense when people tie, because they're told to, mm-hmm. tie their appearance or their attractiveness which is so subjective yeah, right. to their worth and to their self-esteem that we get stuck in this conundrum of, well, I'm unhappy with my body because I've been taught to be, I've been taught to hate it. And therefore I don't feel confident showing up as who I am. I'm not confident in what I look like. And I've been told that if I look good, I'll feel good. Mm. So oh. those things are so interconnected that it makes perfect sense why so many people struggle in that area. And the more you can take those things apart and you can recognize, wow, I have been told to think this. I've been taught to feel this way. And I know that I don't have to believe that. Like we can take it or leave it. Taking it has led to feeling real shitty about ourselves. Leaving it can start the process of finally growing into loving who we are just as we are. And we do a lot of, I do a lot of value work in this Mm, part of the the healing process. And it's, you know, for myself, because of what we were taught, I so much prioritize this value of attraction in my everyday life. And I used it to my advantage and I relied on it so frequently that it was reinforced throughout like my college years, my early twenties, things like that, where if someone found me attractive, I was treated better. Mm. And so when I recognized in the healing work, oh my God, I've been relying on that for so long. And now I'm working on removing that from my life. There's this huge disconnect of like, well, what the hell do I do now? What do I rely on now? And so it's reworking and really reflecting and sitting with what is it that I value? Mm -hmm. That used to be at the top of my list because I was told it should be. And now I've reframed and reworked for myself. Okay, actually what I care about now in my early 30s, man, that has shifted so much. Our bodies are meant to change and so are we. Our values are meant to change and so are we. And so now the things that I value in no particular order include things like honesty, integrity, love, support, community, laughter, joy, self-care, compassion, empathy. Those are the things that truly matter to me and attraction is no longer on that list. So I can't use it. Yeah. I can't sit and say, man, my worth is tied to only feeling good enough if I quote unquote look a certain way. Mm-hmm. No, my worth is tied to I exist as a human and I am inherently worthy of 
receiving and giving myself kindness and respect. Yeah. Including my body. Mm-hmm. And I can show up for myself and be happy with myself if I am focusing on those other values. So you might wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, ooh, (laughs) not loving what I'm dealing with today, but you know what? What truly matters to me? I'm showing up and I am uh, treating myself with kindness. I am treating the people that I meet and interact with with compassion and empathy. I am working with people and helping them and guiding them through something that can be utterly life-changing. I am making sure to laugh with my friends and support my loved ones. Those are the things that now matter. Those are my values. And they're no longer tied to what I look like. And when we can do that, we realize where that self-esteem and confidence can start to flourish rather than be dragged down because our appearance and our view of ourselves changes from day to day. Mm-hmm. Yes, this is so good. This is so good. <laughs> I love this. And I love how you're shifting from appearance based attraction. I never thought about that word attraction, but it's so true. Like, I like want my body to feel and look attractive. I want others to, for, I want others to think that I'm attractive. Like, I feel like I've never used that word like you have. And I think it's so important in this space. And I think what you just said of shifting from attraction and appearance based to value based and using and and knowing your values. I think first thing is like just know it. What are my values? Like what are things that are important to me? How do I want to live? How do I want to show up? And then leaning into those. And I think. Yeah, that's that's just going to be really important for someone who's trying to transition out of, you know, having a negative um negative thoughts around their body into a space where they can kind of have more of a tether to like, okay, where's my where is this worthiness and where is where are the good things in my life? Where are they coming from? They're coming from your values and what what's important to you. And who you are, who you are as a person right. versus what you happen to look like. Right. So, so true. So good. Oh, this was so amazing. So amazing. Um, I would love to hear like any, any last words, any, anything that you are, or this is what I've been doing lately, which I just forgot. <laughs> I should have wrote this in my notes. Um, what is the word? <laughs> What does the word grace mean to you? So obviously the podcast is called Grace Over Gill. What is your definition of grace? What does it look like? I know. Give you a second to think. (laughs) What a beautiful question. So I I use the words grace and compassion so frequently. Mm -hmm. Um, What is my definition of grace? It's probably not going to be an accurate definition based Mm -hmm. off of like the dictionary right (laughs) the way that I interpret it is giving yourself the nurturing patience that you wish you were given Mm -hmm. throughout your life and I think so often we grow up with this typically unreasonable expectations of who we should be and what we should be and what we should look like and all of that that we're really hard on ourselves. Like society has really fucked yeah. us up 
in, in thinking that we need to, you know, the grind and hustle and all of the things that we very rarely give ourselves some grace. And the more you can be patient with the fact that this isn't linear and the more you can give yourself that, um, what's the word I want to use? permission mm. once you can give yourself the permission to make mistakes yes you've been told one thing for probably decades of your life if you're going to start this journey which i highly recommend yes. it's going to come with bumps and mistakes and you're going to guide yourself in the wrong directions and that's okay it's all part of the process if you can give yourself grace to make those mistakes it's going to be a lot smoother If instead you give yourself or meet yourself with criticism and judgment, man, are you setting yourself up for a really bumpy road? So I think grace is just that, that unconditional permission and patience that we need as humans that we rarely give ourselves or are given. Yeah. Oh, thank you. That Thank was, you. That was, I love that question. That was beautiful. Thank you. I know I just started adding it. I'm like, okay, I really like this because everyone has different perspectives on it. So I think it's really good. Yeah. And I love the name of this podcast. It's such a, a beautiful, like, first of all, I love alliteration. Yes. So yes. That, it is, it is giving yourself grace over yeah. this societal commonality of feeling guilty for just being who we are. Right. Right. Totally. Yeah. Yeah. Guilt around food, what your body looks like, all of it. So Mm -hmm. we're getting rid of that and we're focusing on the grace. It's so good. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Jess. Where can people find you? They need to follow you on Instagram or threads, but mainly Instagram. We'll go Yeah. I'm already over threads. I don't know. I know. I don't know. I don't know what I'm doing. So I'm on Instagram and TikTok at Embody Confidence Coaching. Um, And then you can find more about me, what I do on my website, which is letsembodyconfidence.com. Awesome. And I will put that in the show notes so people can easily click and follow you and check out your website and everything. So thank you so much for being here today and your wisdom and knowledge. This was so helpful. I know that people... Mm -hmm those listening right now, they're like, yes, this was so good. So thank you so much, Jess. Thank you so much. All right. Take care.